Hey, welcome to Off the Circle. On this week's Off the Circle, we have Michael Wilson. He is the chairman of Leaf Software Solutions. Listen to indie-based entrepreneurs and business people. Learn from their experience and expertise and have some laughs along the way. Off the Circle, the Indianapolis business scene as you've never heard it before. Hey, welcome everybody. This is Doug Carr with Off the Circle, and I am honored to have Michael Wilson. Michael is the chairman of Leaf Software Solutions uh, from Up in Carmel. Uh, up in Carmel, like it's so far away from here, huh? <laughs> uh, Michael, welcome. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Oh, it's glad to be here. And for everybody who doesn't know who Leaf Software Solutions is, can you talk about the company a little bit? Because you're you're no mom and pop. No, we've been around uh, 31 years, uh, founded by a technologist. And uh, as we get further into our discussion, I right out of the gate say this guy was so committed to doing business with excellence as well as uh, integrity, that that's kind of been the pulling forward uh, theme of our business for 31 years. 31 years. 31 years. We, we were today write large custom applications across many verticals. Uh, and when I say large, uh, anywhere from uh, three-month projects to five-year projects, yeah. and as well as we sell off the soft uh, software, for basically Microsoft software, as well as some other financial packages. Uh, that's incredible. So is it mostly on the on the financial technology side of the business? Or? On the custom side, the financial side is about 20%. Our custom side uh, is largely uh, central Indiana, but we can do projects around the world, actually. So, And we have done uh, some projects uh, throughout uh, continental United States. That's incredible. And, and today we're wanting to talk about uh, company culture and why culture is so important to leave software. And uh, we've had we've had a few posts about culture uh, on the show so far, and of course some jokes about culture, company <laughs> culture as well, because people talk about it a lot. And and I almost feel like it's the companies that don't mention it that probably have the strongest culture because they're not trying to promote it. It's just something that's magical internal. And uh, and before the before the episode we had gone to lunch and you had talked about you know, the kind of business relationships that you guys have aspired to to bring together and and how you run your business, that it's not this, you know, huge sales engine, that it's really built off of relationships. So can you talk a little bit about that, you know? Sure. One of the things I, I would emphasize is that when we um, think about our business, we think about how in the world we can figure out the problems that our customers have and uh, start there rather than how we can grow and, and sell them a lot of business. So, but one of the things that we have to, to be able to solve those problems, we have to have really good people. And in technology, uh, people tend to move around and people tend to, um, longevity is almost unheard of in technology right. companies and probably anywhere. And our, our, we have virtually no attrition and uh, this year we've been awarded the seventh year in a row where we're uh, recognized as one of the best places to work in Indiana. That's coming from somewhere. Yeah. And I think it's uh, basically predicated on the fact that uh, we, we really think through and intentionally think through what we're doing about our, what, who we are and how we're approaching our, our uh, employees as well as our patrons as well as our, our customers. So. That's incredible. I mean, 
no attrition for a tech company. <laughs> yeah, then you guys might be the lone tech company. Exactly. <laughs> and part of it is I don't come from technology, uh, and my background is not that, and it's more on a soft side stuff. And so when I came on board in 1993, uh, immediately I began looking around for ways that we could uh, specifically and and, and very um, in a very intentional way characterize who we are, so that when we talk about that to uh, prospective employees or to customers. Uh, it the messaging is right yeah and um, so for us it was it uh, first of all I look at culture as um, as a student rather than a businessman and I think when I've studied culture I know that it has many aspects and some uh, part of it is what do you see when you first get in the door and so dress codes and furniture and the kind of uh, accoutrement you may have to make it a fun place coffee machines and but on a next level down i think it's something more profound and it has to do with around strategy and other kinds of intentional ways that you define your business um, which in our case we stumbled onto some principles that stephen covey wrote back 30 years ago maybe yeah. uh, and those four principles were fairness kindness effectiveness and significance and as an individual i really cherish diversity of all kinds and so that gave me a unit as a I'm a man of faith, and uh, I. But I want to make sure that I create an environment that's comfortable for every world citizen with all kinds of worldviews. Yeah, and that's pretty universal principles. Everybody can buy into that stuff. Yeah. So that's what we've done, and we and so we don't sit around and and evangelize on those four principles. But I think we talk about it enough, and when we hire people, they hear that. Um, and people who are comfortable with that really begin to flesh it out and they scratch their head and say, well, is that fair? Is it kind? Justice and mercy. Is that uh, effective rather than efficient? And so really doing good work and getting it done well. And finally, at the end of the day, do I enjoy what I'm doing? I feel like I'm making a contribution, finding significance. And for me, that's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah. So that, that principle stuff is a what I consider is part of the second layer of what you intentionally create as a culture. I believe there's one layer lower that's it's hard to define. It's very difficult to uh, pinpoint when you walk through our building and even when you spend time with us or our people. But uh, for me, I think whatever tradition you come from, for me it's Christianity and that golden rule thing of uh, doing to others, is for me the way that we can unofficially without any kind of branding ask ourselves do we like this culture and if not what are we going to do to fix it and change it so uh, i love i love that look of three different layers there because i think you're absolutely building it. it's and and that's where i was joking before is that when i hear it a lot of times they're talking superficially right you know so they don't have the numbers to back it up from like an attrition or retention standpoint and and they don't have the the clientele and longevity you know there at the at the bottom line you know it's it's interesting too because i feel like uh, i feel like uh, someone told me that history is a pendulum right and we swing back and forth and swing back and forth and i was listening to something uh recently that had talked that there was really a void in purpose um, in in the country that, that that literally the last 10 years has been people kind of meandering and not and so people complain a lot because they know they're not fulfilled and they blame a lot because they it's got to be somebody's fault that 
you know, life isn't fulfilled. And, and, but when they find that purpose and they find that goal in life, that's when they feel good about themselves and that's when they feel happy. So that underlying, that lowest, you know, that low common denominator maybe between all those companies is really that purpose-driven company that you feel good every time that you go into work, you want to wake up and you want to get there, and then you feel good when you get home. Right. You know? Yeah, there's a, a local Indiana businessman who talks about why are you doing this, Will yeah. Davis. And Will's had an effect on me personally, and, and it basically, um, I would hope that each of our people can answer that question, why do I come to work? And uh, it, 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 at the end of the day, uh, feel like they absolutely love their jobs and yeah. they want to come back. I have no doubt that that's, I mean, that's what I think a good employee does, right? I mean, I going through, you know, history, the number one reason why employees leave a company is management. You know, the, the, the number two, which is often the number one reason that they give is money, right? And it's really not money. It's no. just that they put up with so much gruff <laughs> yeah, for the right. little money that they have. And so when you don't have attrition, that means that you've got both of the, that a, that an employee feels like they're being treated fairly right. and it's an equitable situation. Absolutely. And Will is the one that really pushed me, pushed me into a place where uh, he said, it's not about money. And if you right. get stuck there, you've lost your focus on really why people want jobs that are meaningful and that they are, are proud to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's, there's almost always a secondary problem when someone's asking for more money. Right. It's, yeah. It's a trust factor right. or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Wow, fascinating! And now, now, are you day to day? Are you, you do operations at at Leaf Software? So we have several things that we believe have made us different, and uh, one of those is that at some point we said we'll only use W two employees who come to our office and they work as teams together over years, and they don't go out and work on customer sites. So yes, our operation is all in, uh, is local in that one office. That's awesome. And um, we don't use contractors or yeah. outside help. And um, that, I believe it differentiates us uh, yeah. in, in our uh, quality of the what products that we can deliver. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, how many employees? We have 44. Wow. And um, we're at an early stage of what we're calling a pretty strategic growth uh, that we would like to see uh, the numbers go uh, up to maybe double in size yeah. and then that we're, by design we've stayed small over the uh, 25 years that i've been here um, i feel like i'm a family guy and i like to know every one of my employees names and their their kids names and birthdays and it's that is also i believe a part of the culture that uh, allows us to uh, maintain this uh, longevity for our employees that's incredible. So I can do it for 100 people, but I'm getting old. I passed 100, I'm about, I'm, I don't think I can do that anymore. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. You know, it's why we, again, we talked before this show, and I was talking about a, a mentor of mine, Frank Batten, uh, and he was he was up there like at a thousand employees before he he couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, he's but better he, than I. <laughs> he did it. Uh, you know, he would walk in the back then it was the presses. You know, and he'd be like, "Hey, Carl, how's the wife?" You know, and I'd I'd go, "That's Carl." <laughs> you know? Yeah, I worked next to these guys every day, and I right. couldn't remember. But he, but he again wanted people to feel 
that he was devoted to them, you know, and that and and uh, and he just said it reached a point where he just couldn't remember everybody's name, but you know, he's still. Yeah, I think that's a good place to be as well. Right. You know? No question. That means that you've done a heck of a job with the company. Wow. Now, are are um, are you going to stay Central Indiana? No, we like to thought that very much with the world changing. One of the things we have done that was caused us to stay local is that we draw heavily on industries. We work in industries that uh, we may not originally have subject matter expertise. So we lean heavily on the client bringing their subject matter experts into our office and spending a lot of time with us, which enables us then to work in a lot of verticals. We yeah. work in you know, many different ERP systems that are now running companies today that look very, very differently from wholesale lending to insurance to uh, manufacturing and many other kind of operations are running on large ERP systems that um, we, we've developed. And uh, so today we can go to a bigger geography because of the kind of virtual communications that can occur uh, with folks around the world or certainly uh, that you don't have to have them in the room with you for months on end. Yeah. So we're not, we're not uh, absolutely stuck here in central Indiana. And, the, and your clients, uh, obviously, they love you. Um, I, I'm curious from a business standpoint, how do you, uh, it seems like to run a company that is culturally significant where employees are happy, you have to be careful at the front end not to let the wrong clients in as well, right? We have definitely said no to some clients. And our most successful uh, delivered projects that, uh, I'm thankful and proud of, have been partly because we've been able to build meaningful relationships with the owners and decision, senior decision makers that have extended way beyond the completion of the project. And uh, those meaningful relationships actually, and it's interesting for a company that really wants to sell uh, projects, we try to slow the sales process down as much as we can before we close the deal to be sure that we understand and know that we have a match in culture and that uh, we're people that are committed to the same thing. We had a meeting yesterday with a prospective client and we've said we're reasonable people and we want to work with reasonable people and that, so that demands you kind of have to hopefully get allow some time to unfold to get to know them. Then you build a, a budding relationship and by the way there were several projects where I spent a year and a half growing the relationship before we signed a deal to wow. do a large project. And then these projects can extend from three months to three years to longer. And if they are completed successfully and reasonable people have worked through the issues over time, then you shake hands and, and then you become close friends or you have been all along. And you and, look forward to the next opportunity, right? Right. right. So I, I have several situations where some of my very closest inner circle of friends are owners of businesses that we helped them write their software solution that they took to market, sold their companies and grew. And today, um, you know, our, our friendships are intact. That's awesome. So what kind of companies are you looking to grow Leaf with? What, what kind of clients are you looking for? Ideal partners are companies that have a, an existing software platform that maybe uh, has old and perhaps is going to break or uh, that the existing platform isn't perfectly suited to the way they want to scale their company or new businesses, uh, uh, enterprises that they would like to enter. And they say, we need a new platform. So they, they would come to us to help vision what that might look like. And then we would write uh, a, an entire system or a major part of, of a system 
to help them go into the next generation of their business. Or it could be a startup who's well-funded. Because uh, you know, this isn't a, th these projects are not simple and they're not necessarily cheap, uh, but because uh, a, a very bright and a very visionary startup leader can say, it's worth it for me to get uh, a good platform to run my business now and not and go ahead and make that investment. I, we've I, had several situations where that's happened. I think that's a that's a killer point. You know, the I think uh, I've I've read that startups the number one reason startups fail from a development standpoint is that they build for scalability without a business intact. Right. And so you you have these companies that they they say, well, we're gonna build we're gonna start from line zero of code. <laughs> And we're going to build this massive infrastructure and all of these pieces, and and then they run out of money and can't grow it. Whereas when you're working with someone with your expertise that has worked in that, guess what? The base framework is already in place. The expertise is already in place. The teams are in place. The teams are in place. Yeah. yeah. And so you cut out a huge cost. Right. You have the scalability, and you know you don't have to spend that you know, millions of dollars and right. blow, blow your startup funding. And so. one of the things that it would be true for us is that uh, many technology type companies might not be our best uh, target. They could be, but um, often they have their own technology team and they want to do right. it themselves. So another uh, profile for us would be somebody that's in, uh, that's in a manufacturing environment, has a special way that they want to do some solution, some business uh, solution they want to sell, and they don't want to be software developers. Right. So a wholesale lending company is saying, I know how to make money on paper. I, I can do that really well, but I don't need to, I'm not good at writing software, and I'm not sure I can get something to market on time and on budget. Right. And we can we can make that promise. So you're talking about smart companies. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> well, I think it is. You know, nowadays it seems like if you're if you're if your focus is if you can put your focus on what you're good at, keep it there. Right. You know, right. and let other professionals, you know, handle the other side of the business. Right. Yeah. yeah because we have a track record of being able to creatively approach something, look at a solution, talk talk about. And we're agnostic pretty much around environments in which we build yeah. a solution. We match the solution to the problem. I love that too. It's another common thing that I hear with really good, you know, companies is uh, from a development side is vendor agnostic, you mm -hmm. know, that, that they're not sold on one or the other. It's, well, is this going to fit the solution the best? And is migration going to be, you know, difficult? Is it, you know, all of those different, you know, pieces exactly. internal. I, you know, it's that hammer or nail, you know, a lot of companies, they, they have a solution. So all of a sudden that solution is everybody's solution. And that's totally not, not the case when you get out there with these companies, right? They might not have the business processes. They might not have the expertise internal. And so it's really important to get that technology company that's going to listen to you, you know, to, to make the right solution, not necessarily any solution. Correct. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, are, are your, uh, some of the g general technologies that you guys have some expertise in? Well, historically, we have written in almost all of our large, large projects in the Microsoft stack, okay. csharp.net. Oh. Uh, we're certainly doing open source uh, projects currently. And um, since I'm not a technologist, I already told you more about that than I know. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a question for the developers listening. Are you hiring? 
We always are looking for really good people, and okay. uh, I would say yes. Uh, we have our website at leafsoftwaresolutions.com that has a page where they can fill out an application or inquire about uh, job opportunities. Okay, leafsoftwaresolutions.com. Correct. And and so for uh, companies interested in, in seeking your assistant, is that the best way for them to get a hold of you? Either that or, you know, certainly if they come to our webpage and find our contact, giving us calls even better. Okay, fantastic. So did you hear that? A tech company you can call. That's right. <laughs> you know, we started at the beginning of about relationships and, and how important all this is. That Your point just then is, is exactly what we'd yeah. like to represent is a little bit different. Uh, that uh, you can find us on a map, you can come and be with us in the office, and we'll sit down and listen to you, and you can certainly call us anytime you want. That's, That's right. the kind of company we want to be. Well, it sounds like it's the kind of company you are, so... Um, thank you for spending time with us today. I think this is really important for folks to listen. We will put, uh, we will put, of course, a link in the show notes, uh, how to get a hold of Michael and, uh, and best of luck, sir. Thanks a lot. And thanks for all you're doing for Central Indiana. Thank you. Appreciate your time. If you're an Indianapolis-based professional and would like your story to be heard on Off the Circle, contact us at offthecircle.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a glowing review. Off the Circle is recorded at DK New Media's podcast studio at the Speakeasy in downtown Indianapolis.